Isn't that a wonderful sense of God's presence with us this morning? We prayed next door um, before the service and Alison had brought us a word about from Ezekiel 47 about the, the river flowing from the temple. And um, it feels like a real sense of God's presence here this morning, that river flowing. So the three of us elders are going to share this morning. We've got four L's for you. So um, as a leadership, we wanted to... At the end of last year, we sensed that God was saying to us that we needed to pause and review where we were at as a church and our leadership. We've served for seven years this year and uh, this month, it was actually in July, wasn't it? So, um, and we invited a team to come and help us with that process. And as a church, we commenced a 40-day um, prayer and fast focused during Lent, focusing on what God wanted to say to us. And uh, as a prophetic lead, I gathered the words and the pictures that were spoken in the prayer times, in the services, and those of you that sent them in to us. And we invited a team of folks from key roles in Junction 10 to kind of assist with this review. And we've shared with them a couple of weeks ago, and we've been listening to them and, and getting feedback as well. The, when the external team came, they brought us a word and it said that God wants to call us guys into um, an operation that is more around and akin to cogs working together. So hopefully you can see. I tried to find some mechanisms. I'm a bit of a kinetic learner, so I love a picture. Um, so the fact that things work together really well. And it says that like cogs, they're round, but they've got teeth. So therefore the, uh, the cogs engage with one, the other cog. And when you turn one cog every couple of minutes, then uh, there's no option that the other cog has to move. That's the whole point. They're interlocked. So then they, they perpetuate. And the the word was specifically around the fact that there was um, that there was going to be a, a call to synchronicity, and in terms of how you work together and how you like our lives are connected together, and that that isn't just reflected in the cogs turning independently and motoring um, uh, in a motoring operation but that it would be a case of, it would almost be like um, akin to a powered vehicle, that it would cause such a momentum that it would just kind of go on its own. Um, not something that you have to manually push. So not like a wheelchair that you have to push, but a, a, an operation where the cogs promote and move it. Um, and that was something that, uh, that was the perpetuating motion. And then we had uh, some of the other prophetic words that seemed to fall into themes. They came at different points on the 40 day. So it wasn't like all of these, they came at the beginning and then the next lot came. And the, we've kind of sifted them out and, uh, and they look like they fall into themes. So the first one is about an awareness. So you can see the sense of being uncomfortable, that we're not to settle, that there'll be a freshness in worship and that we need to have a position of humility. The second one theme that seemed to fall into was action. So we had the words, wake up, get on with it. Be more in love with Jesus. 
and be available. The third theme that we had was accelerate. And there, was an ex there will be an acceleration of growth. The, sec the fourth theme was attention. That God is marking the boundaries and that we need to trust him. And J10 is having an upgrade and that the work is expansive. It's going to be deep and wide. And then fifthly, it was activate. That we're called to be spiritual midwives. Return it, not that we've ever left it, but the, the fundamental of our DNA, which is our evangelistic roots. So we've had a prolonged period of recovery. And following the demolition of the building and the change in leadership, and at the end of At the end of that, we've had a global pandemic which has caused some standstill for two years. And following COVID and not being able to meet physically, we definitely are in a place of recovery. And we've had the word, we had the word some time ago um, at the beginning of this process of the word that we're no longer to survive, but that we're to thrive. And I know that's been the case for people as individuals, but also for us as a church. And there's been a shift in our services, hasn't there? There's been a definite shift in our services, in our worship, where, and there's a sense of a real hunger, hunger to worship and a hunger for Jesus. And And the way that you guys have been contributing and bringing prayers and bringing words, that has been such a blessing to everybody. And, and that's something that we've seen that, that kind of move. And we've been called to be a community with Jesus at the center. And whatever we want to do, we want Jesus to be at the center and that he's the reason for all that we do. And as individuals and as a church, we're charged with being obedient to what God asks us, aren't we? We're charged, we need, as a church, we need to be prepared for discomfort and a posture of humility. And that we need to wake up and get on with creating communities with Jesus at the centre. We need to be ready for accelerated growth. It's coming. Accelerated growth is coming. Some of you have had stuff that has been sat dormant that you've been thinking is ever going to happen. It feels like nothing shifted and I feel like it's not happening. He said accelerated growth is coming. And we need to trust God as we move into this time, because God is giving us an upgrade. He's the one that's setting the boundaries, not man. And what he's going to do is expansive. So with that accelerated growth, and when things start shifting, and those cogs start moving, and it starts suddenly happening, and we're suddenly going, whoa, hang on a minute. So this is our sense where we've kind of got to say, guys, we've got to get ready. And then... The word about we need to get ready to be spiritual midwives. Now, actual midwives have to deliver 40 babies and they have to care for 100 women that are antenatal and 100 women postnatal. 
for every midwife. Now, I'm not gonna give, you're not going to be given a sheet where you've got to do that. But the, the point is, is that we're going to have people that are coming to know Christ and they're getting to the point where they're in a preparation period. We're going to have people that are coming to know Christ and we're going to actually be taking them through the prayer. We're going to be doing that stuff. They're going to be saying, I want Jesus. And then we've got to deal with the aftercare and get them to be disciples. And the Holy Spirit just reminded me of the word that we'd had um, and about our DNA, that as a church, our original title was Warsaw Evangelistic Centre. And the only reason we changed the title is because nobody could pronounce it, because that's why you all went... <laughs> nobody could pronounce it, nobody could spell it. And everybody went... Oh, you mean the church on the church at Junction 10? That was the reason that we changed the name. That's the only reason. And that we're going to be caring and helping and birth new Christians. And that means helping and loving them in the part before the invite, when they invite Jesus into their life, and at the point afterwards when they need looking after and keeping safe, just like a newborn baby does. And we're all involved in that, not one or two, not just the entire, not just the leaders. That is something that we are being called to do as a body and as an entire team to run a maternity service for Jesus. <laughs> and that God's wanting us to get ready for the people that he brings They'll bring challenges, they'll bring difficulties, just like every newborn baby does. But God is going to equip us for the journey. I'm going to hand over to Kev. Thanks, Rach. Good morning, everyone. Um, God's word is, is, is critical to doing whatever we do. That's, that's, you know, so us taking time out to try and hear from God is important. Sometimes you get it clear and loud, which is fantastic, and sometimes it's it's a bit murky. Does anyone resonate with that? Folks still waiting to hear from God for the next steps, yeah? And sometimes that's how God works and operates. And it's interesting. Um, thanks, you know, for those who who, uh, who are bold to to respond to the Holy Spirit and, and give a word out. Thanks to, to Sister Karen because she, she talked about the um, the whispering voice and the scripture I'm going to read now just to, to, to set a context precedes um, uh, is preceded by that whispering voice and it's it's the prophet Elijah and if, if those of you are familiar with it, with the account in in one Kings um, the great the great prophet Elijah seen great exploits from the Lord and then had a moment of despair in fear of uh, King Ahab and Jezebel who, who set out to kill him. And he was in the wilderness thinking, Lord, I, I've had enough now. Just, just let me hand over to someone else and I'll just give up. And then the Lord presented him some, uh, what do you call it, some mysterious uh, manifestations. There was the earthquake, there was the wind and the fire. And naturally, people looking out in, uh, from the outside, you might think that's where the Lord was, but it wasn't the Lord in any of those great miraculous uh, occasions he was only in the still small voice and that whisper is important what we need to hear so as I read from first uh, Kings 17 from verse 2 then the word of the Lord came to Elijah and he says uh, leave here 
and turn eastward and hide in the Kerith Ravine, east of the Jordan. You will drink from the brook, and I have directed the ravens to supply you with food there. The word there. So he did what the Lord had told him, and he went to Kerith Ravine, east of the Jordan, and stayed there. And the ravens brought him bread and meat in the morning, and bread and meat in the evening. And he drank from the brook, and then sometime later, the brook dried up, because there had been no rain in the land. And the Lord said, go at once to Zarephath, in the region of Sidon, and stay there. Because I have directed a widow there to supply you with food. And I'll come back to that. So I'm, we've heard about Logos. The second one is leadership. Right? Leadership. And as Rachel says, um, us elders, Joe, Rachel, myself, have been uh, as such for the last seven years. And um, we've been uh, in this review, because not just the 40 days, we, because we knew we were coming to 70, uh, 70 years, feels like it sometimes, seven years, um, and from other uh, stimuluses from outside to say it is, it's good and right that we review that status and what God is actually saying has said and is saying about leadership and as you know we don't operate under a senior leader as we have done in the past and um, we, we need to get a, I said this last time we need to get another picture because Mons <laughs> is in everything that's not that is not the announcement folks we, we, it's not trust me unless unless Lord that's your word uh, Mont isn't very well at the moment. He's got he's got COVID again, so we just need to pray for him as well. But uh, and if you've got his number, give him a text because uh, he needs he needs some encouragement. And um, maybe maybe we'll get a pic, another we'll do a picture at the end and get get one without Mont, shall we? And it's one of the big elephants in the room, as you would you'd guess. You know, we're we're slightly unusual to to um, fellowships not having a senior leader, but it's not 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 um, unheard of. There are fellowships that have team ministry. Uh, and you can have team ministry with, with a senior leader, so I'm not saying that's not the case, but for us, for that season, for that time, that's what we all felt, that, what the Lord was saying. And we certainly, in our conversations, in our review, we're saying, Lord, is it, is it time? Right? What I know all three of us did in that process, in that time, it says, Lord, we, we, we are holding loosely what we've had for the last seven years. And um, if... You want us to put it down? All three of us said that. Then, then so be it. But give us, give us a good nudge to the, the to the end, because what we don't want to do is give it up cheaply for the want of an easy life. And trust me, it'd be an easy life if we weren't doing this. Well, certainly for me, I don't know about you two, right? Because you, you, you are, although you are darlings from time to time, sometimes it, it's it's a stress trying to work out. Lord, what, what do you want to do with this, this, this gang of folks who are working out what they want to do, right? So that is the one thing I'd say we've been resolute on, is, is not wanting to give this thing up cheaply and trying to hear from the Lord. And um, there are strengths in our three. Trust me, there is, in the sense that um, we, we have, over the seven years, preferred one another, if you know what I mean. No one's putting their elbows in, saying, I've, you know, I've got to be first or hear me louder than the other. There are moments when you, you bite your tongue because someone talks longer than others and apparently that's me, I hear, <laughs> right? Yeah? But, you know, I have a genuine 
love for, for Joe and Rachel. That's, that's grown over the years. And uh, I don't know you do as well. And in our review, we've had lots of positive comments about that love you, you folks have had for us, but also about the challenges about our gift set, because we are different people. We absolutely are. And there's things that we still need to work on. Uh, and Lord, keep doing it. And we're conscious of that. Now, uh, Joe, uh, Rachel's had a ministerial training. When did, you fit, when did you get yours again for AOG? 2018. And Joe's going through his, and you'll be completed when? Next year. And my ministerial training for AOG is never going to happen, <laughs> right? Because that's not my particular calling, right? So forgive me if I'm, well, I'm not forgiving because I'm not, I'm not ashamed of it at all. But that's the sort of mix we've got in the, in, the, in the team. And we look forward to that. And we're also conscious that there are other folks in the church, Will, Vicky, who've got ministerial training. Are there any other people with dog collars on the wrong way? No? Retired brother Jeff, did you ever get, did you get, in the end, did you ever get your credentials in the end? In the beginning, there you go, he did. Um, so we recognize that, and that's important because obviously people go through the train, you create expectation that they're going to go and do something with it, right? So we're, we're mindful of that, and we didn't necessarily need the Lord to say, hey, because it's obvious that at, at some point in time there'll be some outworking of that training. Um... What I'm going to say is, through, although we're still going through, and we are still going through the review beyond the 40 days, there wasn't a clear word that says, Rach, Joe, Kev, in. It's time to hand it over to A or A, B, and C. Okay? Oh, that's disappointing any of you. I'm just saying that is, that is the case for the time being. But, I say but, events, circumstances are maybe leading us to think about what does leadership look like. And the thing I'm going to tell you now is that we have made some definite decisions about leadership in the broader sense of the word. And us as elders, we have made a particular call about maybe some of our legal status. So under John, Jonathan and Rose, you had elders who were elders, so a spiritual oversight, Trustees, so the legal oversight, and staff, all three in one, yeah? And that has its benefits in terms of getting things done and, you know, and particularly in the pioneering church, you need, you need that dynamic. We have taken the call that we're going to separate those roles eventually. I say eventually because um, in the first instance, um, we... Uh, well, let me tell you, so, we, so what was it? About just before Christmas, our brother, uh, Phil Walker. You know Phil Walker? Um, leads the, um, uh, part of the leadership team for the, the Children's Church, but he's also our chair of trustees. Felt a call to say, um, uh, and to fill in the, the, the role that Rob Reed had in terms of finance and operations. And that in itself looked like, because he was a chair of trustees, a potential conflict of interest. And so it forced us to actually start thinking about what does leadership look like on, on a legal level. So that was one aspect of it. And then our sister Mary, throughout this period, Mary Banks, felt a call to Windmill Church. And therefore you say, okay, does that mean Mary's time's up on the trustees? So we'd have had some vacancies. And then Rachel, 
bless Rachel because she's had that sort of role of being elder, trustee, and staff member, and it can be a conflict. So we have felt and have made a call to say we're going to separate those roles. So in the first instance, as of next month, Phil Walker will no longer be chair of trustees and no longer will be a trustee. He'll stay as a member of staff. And Rachel will be stepping down from the trustees as of next month, uh, but remain as an elder and a member of staff as well. And these aren't the most exciting revelations, but they're important in terms of keeping us to account, allowing the elders to think about overview, not getting involved necessarily in all the nitty gritty. And we, we've got involved in lots of nitty gritty stuff, some important and some probably unnecessary at the time. So it's important for us to, to think about that. And therefore, we've got vacancies at trustees and we're looking for new people. And in fact, we've, we, we're going to announce one new person's going to uh, join the trustees. And that's uh, our brother, Phil Begg. Well, as you don't know, Phil Begg, he plays the guitar usually over there, the glasses and the, the, the weird Glaswegian accent. He's not Glaswegian, is he? He's, uh, he's, he's Scottish anyway, wherever it is. And um, so he's going to join. Phil's got lots of uh, professional experience. We need that professional experience at trustees board. And, um, and then, because Phil's stepping down, Phil Walker's stepping down as chair of trustees, we've elected... Um, or appointed our brother, where's Phil Miles? Brother Phil Miles will be taking on the chair. Stand up, Phil, please, Phil, so people can see who you are. So Phil Miles, you know that one there, yeah? He's going to be our chair of trustees. Round of applause for Phil. <laughs> Excellent. And then, um, oh, he's not here. It's not a good sign, is it? Okay. Vice chair of trustees is, is going to be Andrew Akani, as in Gemma Akani's husband, and... Uh, Nicole and Hannah and Jaden, you know, the ones that was up the front singing and reading and stuff. So Andrew has been on our trustee board for, for a good while and he brings some great experience to that team. And we'll be looking for others. So folks, will you pray into that for us, right? As I said, it's one of the big elephants in the room about what leadership looks like. But one of the things that is focusing our mind about leadership going forward is the next L, which is Location. Right Now, um, you know, I'm going to tell you again, we, we as Junction 10 will be um, returning in part to 323 Wolverhampton Road. Yes? It's been part of our conversation for how, how long, however long. And in effect, the activity around 323 Wolverhampton Road, Junction 10, is perhaps akin to what some would call a church plant. And you know from previous announcements, we've been working with a message trust um, to develop what they call the Eden team. That will be people that will be incarnationally in and around the estate, working amongst the community and working alongside a team leader who is yet to be recruited, um, who will be part of that. And Part of one of our calls to action, which I hope Joe will pick up later on, is that we'll be looking for people who want to be identified with the Allenwell. Not just in terms of a uh, spiritual uh, churchmanship, so service and the like, which they might be part of that, but principally, the reason you know, folks, we in part were gifted this great new facility called the Tark. Why is it called the Tark? So what's the T stand for? 
temporary, right? So we've called it the Tark. And that might, that might stick, or we might come up with the, 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 I don't know, some fancy church of the Golden Gate, something or other. But Tark will be the working title for the time being. And folks, it is a blessing, right? Do you hear what I'm saying? We have been gifted a facility, just, you can't see it very well, there you go, a facility that's been prepared for us in Derby. It will have an auditorium, which can be multi-use, it'll have a kitchen, it'll have offices, and we haven't spent a penny on it, right? That's come about because of our active obedience when we said we were going to provide refuge for a, a, a part of the community that people rejected. Remember, travellers? Yeah? And it's almost like Abraham coming to the point of sacrificing Isaac and the Lord stayed our hand just to see whether we were willing to do it. And, and in the end, we didn't have to do it. But the Lord saw our faithfulness and the people involved, the local authority says, you know what? You've done so much work. We're just going to give you this thing anyway, right? So at the moment, where we're at with it, we're waiting for planning permission. And we have been for a while. It doesn't have to go to planning committee. It's through delegated powers. But because Warsaw is so behind, as most local authorities at the moment on planning, we're waiting for an officer to get it up the par. And on Friday, I had a call from the council saying, the officer is going to be looking at our uh, uh, plan this week. So will you pray into that? Will you pray that all the issues about the, whether, where they wanted, the connections with the water and this and that and the other, that will be sorted. Amen? Amen? Please pray into that because it's waiting for us to be craned in, we hope, ready for an, uh, the facility to be ready, open in October. But we will need people, practical people, who will have uh, hands-on help. Uh, it will be painted and decorated, but so some of the landscaping, some of the moving furniture around, th that will be needed anyway. But also for you who have got a heart to say, I want to be associated with that. Maybe there's people here who are going to be buying a house in Allenwell. Is anyone buying a house in Allenwell? No? Is anyone going to be selling their three-quarters of a million pound house to come move on the Allenwell estate? No? Okay, Lord, you know. But there are, there are already Christians on, the, on that estate that are going to be associated with us. But we do need some core J10 people on that as well. Okay. So in having something on the Allen World, we're going to need leadership around that. Don't you think? Not just the Eden team leader. Unless the Eden team leader suddenly is obvious to be that person. But it might, they might not be the key person. So we are, we are watching and waiting to say, Lord, beyond eldership, beyond trustees... Beyond just, is there leadership required that looks at the community, that looks at the spiritual rhythms? Lord, we're looking for that. And, and just like Elijah leaving where he was, it was only till he got there that it became obvious. And there's been a tension, in, even amongst us as elders, about how much detail we present now, even what we're telling you, and how much do we wait for the Lord to reveal it as you go along, you know, the frustrating part. And we're still chewing that one over critical to leadership. The other elephant in the room is the thousand-seater auditorium, the ark itself, right? Where are we at with that? Well, you know, inflation is, uh, is hitting us at the moment. We're at 11% at the moment. So even all the costs that we've put together for our, get that time, 5.5 million pound facility, I can only guess it's probably close to 7 million quid, right? So it's a lot of money. And folks, 
I'm going to say this again because it needs to be said every time we come up here, right? Rachel says we have learned and are learning to be a church with Jesus at the center, right? And we'll keep saying it. And I know some of you might be animated and excited about the building stuff. And you should be because God has blessed us with that. Don't diminish that. But if that's the only thing we're focused on and I've got attention to, then we've missed the point, right? The stuff we've learned over these seven years, the inward journey about understanding who we are in Christ and what Christ needs to be, the stuff that the Lord is telling us about our emotional standing with him and us being able to come. Eric had prayed about beyond the veil, right into his presence about reservation, right? These are the things that we need to keep um, rehearsing. And the things that we need to keep rehearsing when we um, speak to our people and the new people to come. But that being said, we haven't had any revelation to say, stop. Right? And, and I was some folks thinking, well, my goodness, seven million quid. And um, if we've got this small facility and if we do that, you know, what's the point? Well, okay. And it's, a, it's a fair point. We're still chewing this over. But until we get any clear sign that says don't do, then we're going to continue with our fundraising, the bit that we've got to do. And we always knew that our bit was like the widow's might in the whole thing, you know, the 500,000 pounds for our bit of the facility, and the other monies will be needed, which will be miraculous to make it happen. So we're still in that zone. The planning permission we need for the talk lasts only for five years, right? So by definition, we're going to have to come to a point to come to a conclusion what happens ahead of that five years. So in essence, the Lord has focused our minds to, to what we want to do and what we need to do, because all of us cannot go to that talk, right? So we're going to have to still stay here. And this space, this time, GAD, Grace Academy Darleston, is time we want to protect, time we want to continue to invest in, not just on a Sunday morning, you know, all the connections by journey groups, and that will also need focused leadership. And we're chewing what that means and looks like but that being said folks we've been here how long in this place six years and sorry six years and in some respects I think in part we've been in the mentality that when we move from um, from Caris remember we left from um, Junction 10 to Caris to come here that we were in the, in the mentality that we were we were going to get come back very quickly and in coming back, in, in that return to, to, to Junction 10 very quickly mode, I guess we haven't been really focused on the environment that we've been meeting in. Other than the school, we've done stuff with the school, but Darleston, if we're truly Walsall Evangelistic Centre, we really should have been doing more in the, in the, in the Darleston. Right? Now, you know, I'll say that as an elder. Lord, I'm sorry if, you know, my head's been on that. And, and, but we haven't. But what we have felt, and again, is a nudge to say, maybe if we're going to be here, because we've got five years, that we should be focusing on the environments that we've got around. So, one, on Thursday, we had a very long elders meeting. to 11 o'clock, nearly. Started Wednesday. <laughs> Yeah, it did. Because, folks, we've been chewing over what to tell you, what not to tell you. We knew we had to do a courtesy to tell you, you know, we've done 40 days, what we've heard thus far. But there are a lot of unanswered questions, which, you know, some of us felt we maybe we shouldn't do this today and we should extend it to, to later on, wherever it is, but we felt we needed to do it today. And um, 
one of the things we said, Lord, you know, if we're going to do something in Darleston, we'd need somewhere to do it beyond this space. Let me tell you something. The following day, I had a phone call from the officer in the local authority who is facilitating the talk. Yeah? He's, he's you know, I'm not sure he's at with the Lord yet, but there's a definite favour in our conversations, right? And he says, Kevin, I've been meaning to call you because um, I won't go through all the details. It's still, it's brand new. He says, um, we've got a building in Darleston and we want to give you first refusal on it. Not to buy it, to allow us to use it for, for a long time, right? In a prominent space with great footfall and parking for community activity and spiritual activity. So when I heard that, I text Joe and Rachel thinking, is this a sign? No, I didn't ask for it, right? And you think, if we hadn't made those obedient steps of faith all the way back to travelers, or even way back before that and say, Lord, we know we're going to come back to j sometime and we're going to put some money into it, then Eden wouldn't have turned up and then Tark wouldn't have turned up. And then now, something in the Darleston. Now, I don't know all the details. And forgive me, folks, if you want all that. The just walk by faith, is it say something like that? Yeah? And that's what we're about. So, folks, it's going to require maybe some of you think, well, I don't really feel about the Allenwell. But I might feel about the Darleston. In fact, we've had people join us from the Darleston. Who's from Darleston from here? Right? Got some Darleston folk and some folks who aren't here who've started to join, join it. People have just checked the website and found us. Some, and there's some, some of those folks feel an affinity with that. So we don't know yet. But like the place called there, Elijah, the provision will as we go. So it's going to require a shift in some of our thinking, a shift which will now be the last L after Logos, leadership, location, and now lifestyle. Bless you, Joe. When I gave the word this morning, when I heard God say, you'll hear the whisper, I should have said, you'll hear the whisper from behind. So it's from behind as you're going forward. So it'll be. As you're going forward, as you're stepping out, it will keep encouraging you from behind. Thank you. Um, the final L is lateness. Uh, no, it's not. It's not. <laughs> I'd like to thank my elders for sticking to fellow elders for sticking to time. So, 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 Bill. So, the fourth, the fourth L is lifestyle. And as we've heard, we're still to build a community with Jesus at the centre, but we need to continue to discern how that happens. Right, has gone through some of the words in the logos section, the logos, the, the word of God that we received during the forty days. But we can't just sit back and think, well, those are encouraging, those are good we'll wait for them to happen. Of course, that's not how it works, is it? And one of them was, we need to get on with it. So, what's our response? Well, individually, we, we've, in journey groups, we've been looking at the Be Still series. 
about our kind of personal study development quiet times. And we've had Phil's, I've called it Phil's Table of Truth, because we like alliteration, uh, with his resources, which are there to encourage people, to encourage you to, um, to, to look at study guides and, and, and ways you can uh, develop yourself. And that's important, that, that quiet time, that personal development. Bible study, prayer is, is important. But from the 40 days, what's become apparent is that we need to look as well about how we pray together as the church at Junction 10. So our corporate prayer times, creating opportunities and new spaces to pray together. Um, and that may mean disrupt, disrupting some existing patterns and rhythms and routines. But again, one of the words was be prepared to become uncomfortable. And uh, just to say, we, we've got folks meet, that meet on a Monday night. We've got some folks here that meet at the Monday night prayer meeting. And as part of the 40 days, um, I, I went into that space and, and, and was, was uh, leading some stuff there. But what's apparent from the Monday night group is that they're a group that pray together and there's some great prayer times. And, you know, I'd gone with stuff planned and I started praying and it just went. And the stuff that I planned just stayed where it was because... The Spirit led it in a different direction. But it's a group of people which, on a good night, Jane is maybe a dozen, maybe 12 people on a good night, would you say? Yeah. So it's not a big group. But in that dozen, and John and Judith are there as well, there's, there's, there's about four churches they represented. Is that right, John, Judith? Four, four different churches. So to go into that space and make it a J10 time, it moves them from where they are to somewhere, to somewhere else. And we, we don't want to stop that group from praying if they want to continue because, you know, they are seeing answers to prayer. Yeah, that's right, isn't it? For, for you guys that are there, you're seeing answers to prayer. And, and we don't want to stop that. So it's led to thinking, well, actually, what does that mean for us in terms of corporate J10 prayer space? So more, creating more opportunities and spaces, new spaces to pray together. Looking again at journey groups, communicating the role and function of journey groups in the church at Junction 10, increasing sign-up, because these need to be crucial, these need to be centre to the way we're going and, and how we're not, we can't be a church that comes together on a Sunday and that's it. Yeah, we've said, you know, and one of the comments that came up was like, well, we've been stopped from doing stuff because we haven't had the building. And all that, that's true to some extent, but actually I grew up in a church that didn't have a building and you just had to find places. It was take stuff there, take stuff there. And if we're talking about doing stuff on, we'll have a building on the Allenwell, yeah, uh, to, to meet. But it's not big enough for us to meet as a church all together on a Sunday. So that's there. If we're talking about doing something, what do we do in Darleston? If we want to do stuff during the day, we can't use the school. They're very accommodating, but Phil Miles isn't going to chase around after us during the day. So we, we might need to find different locations to do stuff in Darleston. And we can't use the thing that, well, we haven't got a building, so we can't do. We'll need to come up with a solution to that. So I, my, my train of thought went off there then. I was on journey groups, and actually that is what happens outside, part of what happens outside as well. So we need to look at the journey groups. We need to strengthen the fivefold ministry giftings. Ephesians 4, yeah? Apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors and teachers. We need to strengthen and develop those giftings in the church as well. Um, how, how are they operating today in the church at Junction 10? The gift of apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, teachers. You know, when um, with the kids, Eva... Eva was upset once because Jack learned to ride his bike. 
And you think, why was Eva upset because Jack learned to ride his bike? Because in Eva's words, that was my talent. And you know, <laughs> rather than thinking, well, my brother can ride his bike now, we can go riding our bike together. It would offend him because it's her talent. But actually, with the gifts of the Spirit, we have people who are gifted in certain areas but they shouldn't then be offended if other people step up into those areas. In fact, they should be the ones, if you've gifted as, a, as an evangelist, as, a, as, an, as an apostle, as a teacher, actually inspiring the rest of us into those areas as well. And, and I'm sure they won't get upset because that's their talent and somebody else is muscling in on the act at all. So, also we need to think about what does it mean to be part of Junction 10? Do we need to formally recognise who's a member or who's part of Junction 10? Not just from a numbers point of view, but to strengthen and support the discipleship journey of the church at Junction 10 and the folks here. It could also have implications as we're looking for I don't know, finances later down the line. Well, if you're a church, how many people do you have? Well, we think we, we may need to know that kind of information. So looking at the membership partnership issue as well. Opportunities to serve, making sure that people know where we can serve. Because we don't want to be a church that just gathers on a Sunday. We don't want to be a church that people just come on a Sunday and sit on a Sunday. We want to be a church that that gathers and serves and and gets together and does stuff at other times as well. We heard from the kids and youth and from Father's Heart a couple of weeks ago. And some people are challenged. I know some people have spoken to, to Sue at least about that and wanting to get involved. They're happy to get involved with it there. So thinking, where can I serve? Where can I be part of the life of Junction 10? When we ended the Roman series, um, the challenge and kind of my thoughts about today, which Kevin Wright's probably fed up, was like, sort of, we're saying this, so what? what what's, what's, Kev's not his head, he's fed up for me saying, so what? Um, what, what? So what? What is it? And the ended Romans uh, series with a, with a challenge of unity and mission, Yeah? And I think that, that still applies now. Yeah, all this, the challenge is for us as a church is unity and mission. It's a bit glib, but there's a saying, isn't there? The church that prays together stays together. Don't know who said it first. but uh. And actually, in my, in my bit concluding, I think I want to give a personal challenge to each of us in response to the 40 days. And my, my, my challenge is, how do I respond? How do I respond to what we've heard? To what we've what we shared so far and has said we're still working through stuff. And this isn't just about doing stuff. I said, yeah, we need people to be involved in different things. We need people to be involved in the Allenwell in whatever form that, that takes. We need to be involved in Darlston. But it's not just about doing stuff. It's about the, and it's been alluded to earlier, about the internal journey as well. About how do I respond to it? all this that's going on. I look at my diary and think, well, what, what do I do? What do I fit in? So some of it is about, well, what do I need to put down? What do I need to prioritise? Where do I need to make space for stuff? The Lectio devotion, if you, if you look at that, today the title was A Sabbath Prayer for Mission. And it says we celebrate the fact that the mission of God is not just something that happens to us and through us, but for us and in us. So mission is a priority, but it has to come back. It has to come out of those times of receiving, of renewing and refreshing of God. That's where the mission comes from. I'll just read Psalm 143, verse 8. Let me hear your loving kindness in this morning, for I trust in you. Teach me the way in which I should walk, 
for to you I lift my soul. You know, as, as we met on Wednesday, we didn't quite go into Thursday, but as we met on Wednesday, I said, you know, the Lord says he will build his church and I don't want to be responsible for... Nobody can stop the Lord in his hand and what he's doing. But hopefully when he builds his church, it will be with us and not in spite of us, which is why we need to hear what he's got planned and, and, and catch hold of it. So very quickly, that's the story so far. The response this morning. Time is going, but, but if we just take a moment to respond. I'll ask, has it stirred anything this morning in terms of the opportunities that, that, that are coming up? You know, we, we don't have the details. And then we had that tension between, well, what do we share and what don't we share? And if we share it, then well, what's the response? And what we felt, what we concluded was that we needed to give big picture because we need people to step up, people to, to move and pick up these dreams, these, these opportunities that are there. So this morning, has something stirred in you? Have you had a gentle nudge? Has it sparked something? Maybe there's a long-held dream that you've got. And something this morning is like, actually, I can see that happening through that. Maybe it's, well, I'm not quite sure how to respond. That's where we need people, everybody, us as elders, the whole church, to go away and consider, God, what, where do you want me to step into? What, what have you got for me? Because he's always got something more. Yeah? And he's, got, he's always got something that you can step into and to do. He won't give you too much to do. He'll give you something that you can do with your giftings, your skill set, your abilities. So, we'll just take a moment. Team, if you can come back up, please. We're just going to lead a, a time of worship now. Where all I want you to do is just, you can stand, you can sit, just wait on God at this time. Yeah? You can sing the words, you can sit and, and, and listen and just see God. And, and don't exclude yourself. Don't, ex don't use anything about you to exclude yourself. You know, we've, we've heard... And just to repeat, the, the, the wheels and wheels, as something turns, something else will go. The, the cogs, it started perhaps with our response to an event on the other side of the Atlantic. As a church, how do we respond to what happened to George Floyd? That then started something turning with the traveller's sight. And because of what we did with George Floyd, that was, well, all our kind of preconceived ideas, prejudices maybe about travellers. We can't, after what we said, we can't allow those to stop what's happening here, which has led to the talk, which has led to the other opportunity in Darleston that, that Kev's mentioned this morning. You see how when one wheel turns, another turns, and another, yeah? And it's, when things are like that, it's easy because if you had to turn the final wheel, 
you couldn't do it. That's why you have the wheels and the gears to make it easy to turn, to, t to take that first twist of the handle. Yeah? So, as we worship, I do want you, I, do, I say, just consider. It may be that you don't know or you think, Lord, I, I want to, but I, I just don't know what, what's there. I ask Kevin Rach and our prayer guys, if, you are, if you're not sure, please come forward. Or if you're thinking, I've got something, but I don't quite know how it plays out. Come forward to be prayed for. Let's, let's see these dreams released this morning, opportunities, giftings. Let's see them released this morning as we worship together.